0: The murder trial for Trezell and Jacqueline West is scheduled to get started later this month in California. In this episode, we go back to the beginning and take you through a timeline of events regarding the disappearance of Oren and Orson West.
1: Families have a lot going on.
0: hey everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going it is going very well
1: had a good day beating staying inside because we got a whole lot of snow yesterday and
0: i would like to stay out of it thank you very much (laughs) last night we had dinner at our sister's house and uh it snowed. It put down a few good few inches uh, while we were, you know, we were in the house uh, eating yeah. dinner and playing a, a really fun card game and, you know, not mm-hmm. really realizing what the weather was doing. Yeah. When we left, our roads were so bad coming home. Oof, I wondered. We actually hit a spot where we uh, started to fishtail and spin. Ooh. And Scott is a master driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was up to me, it would definitely be in a snowbank somewhere but oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> steered us out of it but it scared the shit out of both of us neither of us spoke again till we got home oh we were just like <gasps> Yikes. don't breathe don't do anything yeah Ooh, by the time man. we got to the highway it was just wet the rest of the way but oh man that was so scary
1: oh that is
0: so damn. i'm all done with winter now oh yeah. done here i hear that i yeah. hear that yuck yeah well, it is our Tuesday episode and yes it is so I'm I've been rereading through all of the the West uh, children's case and thinking mm-hmm. about uh, how close we are to seeing like what because there's been a gag order like we really don't know anything
1: yeah, about no, uh, really. what
0: what the uh, evidence is in that case and mm-hmm. why they the prosecutors think that they uh, you know, know what they know so i'm really really curious but that's a case we're going to keep a really close eye on and report on heavily so we wanted to recap it uh so we're going to do that today but before we do that christy you're going to lead us off with some serial killer news
1: boy am i you know just when you think you have heard every Crazy serial killer story. Something else happens. So this is the werewolf. That's not his real name, but that's what he kind of goes by. He's a Russian serial killer. His real name is Mikhail Popkov. Okay. Uh, He has been in prison in Russia since 2012. He's okay. one of the most prolific serial killers uh, in, to ever be caught in Russia. He w- was um, convicted of murdering 83 women between 1992 and 2012. Wow. The police honestly think, or the prosecutor, whoever was working this case, believe that it's actually somewhere between two and 300 people. That My
0: God. And
1: he tortured people. He was a police officer, by the way, he was a oh. Russian police officer. And he murdered vulnerable uh, women because they were sex workers. And so he was doing Uh morality a favor. Yes. He used knives, axes, and screwdrivers to murder and um, torture his victims. I mean, this is a seriously, seriously bad guy, right? Yeah. So you'd think he's locked up, good, locked up for life, you know. Mm -hmm. Thank God he's done, right? Well, not quite. So, you may or may not know this, but Russia has been releasing prisoners to use in their war against Ukraine. They have actually released something like 40,000 prisoners to
0: fight
1: in the war in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, guess who really, really wants to get out and go fight in Ukraine?
0: Oh, for the love. Yeah. oh my god right right so
1: he um got permission to be interviewed on russian state tv and basically is begging putin to let him out so that they can turn him loose on ukraine
0: oh that's horrifying
1: he wants to enlist in the army he said, if I refer to my military registration profession, because he was in the military at one point, mm-hmm. I think it's in quite high demand presently, and I would not hesitate to do so. But even though I've been in oh. prison for 10 years, I don't believe it would be so hard to learn rapidly radio and electronics, because that's what he did when he was in the military mm-hmm. before. Um, he, <laughs> he said, you know, apparently... It was asked if he was, you know, if this was just wanting to get out for any reason. And he declared Mm -hmm. this is not a video game and these are not superhero novels in referring to the war in Ukraine. And he has made a very um, big plea to Putin to be released to go and fight in Ukraine, which is is murder a bunch of women and women in Ukraine. I mean, is that what he really because that's. That's what Mm -hmm. it'll do. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, my gosh. That's so gross and pretty terrifying for the women of Ukraine and everywhere for this Mm fool to possibly be released from prison. Right. No decision has been made yet. but really freaking tracks. Right.
1: I mean, they've already released 40,000 prisoners, but I don't think any of them were serial killers.
0: Mm, Not so fast. Who knows?
1: Right. It's possible, but I don't know if any of them were as bad as this dude. So right.
0: pretty terrifying. Um,
1: just I can't I imagine any Everybody's of them atten- were as bad as this dude. I right. can't even imagine that's possible. Right. So something to keep an eye on, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just to be a oh. little more aware of, because uh, obviously the women of Ukraine and the women of the world, because if they send him over there in the military, it's not like they're going to get him back right um need to know that this dude may be out on the street yeah and you know headed for women in eastern europe so mm-hmm. fine makes me want to throw up thought we should talk about it
0: Ugh. okay we'll definitely keep an eye on it
1: yeah and with that i will kick the bike back to you for our main case
0: okay <laughs> So, of course, we are talking about Orin and Orson. These little boys disappeared. Oren and Orson West. Uh, mm-hmm. These little boys disappeared. And it happened in California. When this case happened, it just did not feel like it got enough press. I mm-hmm. still don't feel like it got enough press. And researching no. it again to just make sure I have the timeline right uh, now, I'm still like, how has this case not caught more press? wings than it has but oh, that's a whole nother conversation but i want to talk about them because their uh, adoptive parents were charged with their murders and they will be going to trial their 20th is their uh kind of last check-in with the judge to make sure everybody's ready to roll and then their mm-hmm. trial is supposed to start on the 30th now mm. it was supposed to be in july and then it was kicked out to October, and then it was kicked out until January. I'm feeling pretty confident that it's going to happen this time because they haven't rescheduled it yet. And we're getting really close.
1: Right. You'd think they would have postponed before now Mm -hmm. if that was looking like that was going to happen.
0: Yeah. So I want to just go through the details of the case. Uh, First and foremost, this is uh, what these two little sweethearts looked like. Mm -hmm. Poor little boys. And so a let's just, so little, let's start at the very beginning. They are three and four years old. And on December 22nd, 2020, they were supposedly playing outside. Now, please take this with a grain of salt. I know, I know, I know. Don't, you don't have to tell me. This is all nonsense. We know. But this was the story that was told at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the time, supposedly they were playing outside in their backyard they were in they're just outside of uh, bakersfield uh and dad was gathering firewood uh he says he went back in the house and when he came back out the boys were gone to three and four
1: mm-hmm. he
0: says that he drove through the nearby streets spoke with neighbors and couldn't find them around six p.m They were reported missing to the police around 8 p.m. Oh, it was California City, sorry. California City police sent out a news release and let people know we have a missing little boy in the neighborhood. However, the news release was a description of the boys but had no name or picture associated with it. And it took many hours for the rest of that information to come out. That's odd it is odd it wouldn't have changed anything but i thought it was odd Mm -hmm. uh later that night the community came out really well for these guys volunteers uh from all over the community and the police they start searching areas where the boys went missing they are right on the edge of a big desert and so they searched and searched and searched they brought canines to the home the dogs find the scent of the boys in the house but not outdoors which is very weird considering that they supposedly were playing in the backyard. They had not lived there very long. Right. A family had not lived there very long. So they found nothing Tuesday morning. uh, All the volunteers came back and they just continued to search. They found nothing by Tuesday afternoon. The police take parents in for some questioning by Tuesday night the investigators have a search warrant, and they go through the home and leave with some evidence uh, in brown bags and a duffel bag. The parent's van is towed to be searched. The police tell the FBI that uh, the parents are cooperating. Wednesday afternoon, the adoptive parents speak with the media. This is the first time we really hear from Trezell and Jacqueline West, and this mm-hmm. is them during that interview. And, of course, they are basically telling the whole, the same story. They say that they were told by police to stay in their home during the search. There was a lot of criticism from the locals that they're all out searching for their little boys and they're sitting in their house. But they want to make sure that people understand that that's because the police told them to do that. They, again, tell the same story about how the boys went missing. They say that they started fostering the boys in 2018 and then adopted them in 2019. Now, they have two other adopted children and two bio children. Um, I think they're all boys. Mm -hmm. All of them were removed from their home at the time that uh, the other two went missing. That's one thing to note when uh, there's a case like this. One of the first things that happens is the other children are removed from the home for a time until the police can uh, investigate what happened
1: in, in a lot of situations not always but
0: yeah often yeah often uh, so and at that point the west do say that their cell phones and other tech devices were taken by police wednesday afternoon the police come and search their home again wednesday night investigators set up bright lights in the backyard and search the backyard Uh, by the 29th, they are still searching for these children, and the police tell the media that they do suspect foul play and that they found nothing when they dug up the family's backyard. At this Mm -hmm. point, the neighbors and the locals and the true crimers are just exploding Mm -hmm. over this case, of course. There's some talk from neighbors about hearing... um, chaos in that yard, about seeing that van leave and come back at weird hours of the night. Uh, Some neighbors that claim they have never seen those children. Others that say that they thought they saw those children over there playing. Uh, Parents on both sides, you know, very angry and upset. And a bio mom coming out of the woodwork who says that she believes that the children were taken from her And her rights were severed illegally in order for Mm -hmm. the West to adopt the little boys. And in fact, Mm -hmm. she has a multimillion dollar suit going on right now with the uh, Department of Children and Family Services in California for due to that fact, because Mm -hmm. uh, she was not given the opportunity for reunification. She was also never charged with a crime or anything. Wow. The way the boys were taken from her, we'll get there, but it's, it's really, it's pretty concerning. Yeah. Okay. So by January 2nd, the extended family of the boys are now talking to the press. They're asking for help. The West home now has been targeted by vandals and people throwing rocks at the house and an attempted break-in. By January 4th, businesses have offered a total of $25,000 to anyone who can find the boys. By January 17th, that money raises to $100,000 to anyone who can uh, lead any information up to the boys' whereabouts. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: By January 25th, the police department is asking to report anyone seen trespassing at the adoptive parents' house because the locals are uh, Raising hell with them. Well, they
1: so worried for these little kids. Mm
0: -hmm. And people pretty much immediately when this case happened, blamed them. Pretty much immediately. Felt like they were full of shit. Um, That that I remember very clearly about Mm -hmm. this case. That people felt like, there's no way what they're saying is what happened. One of the things that uh, was reported early is that there was a Christmas tree in the home. And there were a few gifts under the tree. There were gifts under the tree for all four of the other West children and not a single gift for either of these little boys. Yeah. Which uh, you know, folks thought was pretty strange. Yeah. At the time that the boys went missing, all of the other kids were at grandma's house. So these two were the only ones that would have been home with dad. Why? Why wasn't everyone at grandma's house? Why weren't there Christmas presents under the tree for these little boys? Mm -hmm. That to me is so strange. I mean, this was four days before Christmas, three days before Christmas.
1: Starting to paint a picture and not a good one.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. On February 1st, uh, sonar radar was used in the West Yard that turned up absolutely nothing. on february 14th the bio family this is where the bio family really starts to get more active uh, they raised money to put up billboards about the missing boys and did so february 19th protesters gathered outside of department of uh, human services to rally to continue to raise awareness for these boys and also for the uh for their bio mom who you know as we said feels like uh the laws were broken in this case in the first place. Mm -hmm. All right. By March sixth, they search a field in the area of Cottonwood and East Pacheco roads. This one had people all aflutter. They thought maybe they really knew something at this point and this is where they were going to find them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They did not. And the police uh, said they could not say what led them to the field because they needed to preserve the integrity of the investigation. Right. March 9th, another group uh, that follows these cases has some billboards put up in Wichita, Kansas. Strangely, I could never understand that. we put up billboards in kansas for little boys missing out of california Mm -hmm. but there were missing persons groups all over you know trying to help right right
1: a lot of people jumped in just in case they'd been you know taken across state lines and that kind of thing
0: on march 15th the bakersfield police confirmed uh that they had a search warrant on march 12th at the home of orton orson west's adoptive grandmother Mm -hmm. this i believe was mom's mom's uh mom mm-hmm. again they said that uh, they really couldn't tell anyone why they were there or what they found but that they did uh search that home mm-hmm. so i mean it's giving the uh the public a good sense that the police are at least working on it and trying because the frustration over them not being found at this point is pretty uh is pretty rough oh yeah by march 19 way
1: too long for this to go.
0: Mm -hmm. But these kids still just vanished in thin air. By March 19th, the uh, reward for them stands at Mm -hmm. $125,000. March 28th, Wanda West, the adoptive grandma, this is dad's mom, releases a statement asking the community to, to continue to search for her grandsons uh she writes about losing Orrin and orson but also her other four grandsons to cps uh and that she wants this to end and wants these boys to be found so her family can be okay she said somebody knows exactly where Orin and orson are and what happened in december come forward god and our family has already forgiven you <sighs> and you will be free from guilt and burden i know you are carrying These are babies who are loved and have an entire future waiting for them to explore. Like someone's just holding them.
1: Right. Like that's just implying that somebody just took them and is taking great care Mm -hmm. of them. Just bring them home. Yeah. That's just not how these things work.
0: Release them and yourself from all of this. All we want are the boys back. Oh, uh uh-huh. That's really tough to take at this point.
1: Yeah. After that much time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So by June, uh, the Bakersfield PD releases some new info. They say that 44 search warrants have been served. 83 people have been interviewed and 170 items seized in the investigation. So, because again, the police are feeling some real pressure, which is good. That needed Mm -hmm. to happen. For sure. So. this whole year passes and nothing happens right Uh, on december 15th of 2021 there's a toy drive in their honor the bio parents are still uh you know talking to the news and asking what is going on the adoptive parents are absolutely silent just radio silent they're not saying shit
1: They went silent really fast. It was one of the things that I noticed about this case that I thought was very odd, Mm -hmm. is that they just dropped off the face of the earth real quick.
0: Real quick, yep.
1: Which didn't, that just doesn't track with people that are, you know, terrified for the safety of their kids.
0: Yep. So then move on into 2022. On March 1st, Trezell and Jacqueline West are indicted and charged with second-degree murder. Yep. There had, was a warrant out for them, and they had been kind of on the run-ish. They were in a motorhome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And somebody in a gas station saw them and knew that they... Uh, I'm not sure if they knew there was a warrant or they knew that these were the, uh, you know, the adoptive parents of these kids. But they called it in because they saw them and thought that it was weird. And the police were able to pull them over and serve the warrant. See something, say something. Yep. It really helps. Who knows how long those two could have been right. on the lamb in a, And I believe it was a borrowed motorhome or something along those lines. Like it was really serendipitous mm-hmm. that this person saw them and thought to call it in, where it could have really turned into a thing. Right. But, so then on March 2nd, there's a press conference. Uh, with the DA, Cynthia Zimmer, but she doesn't really give any information because of course she can't, except to say that there was enough direct and circumstantial evidence to convince a grand jury that the boys were murdered. Right. She also at that point reveals that the boys had been murdered three months prior to being reported missing. Yeah. Remember those no presents under the Christmas tree? Well, now we know why. Yeah. Those boys were gone for months.
1: Yeah. They they were gone since like September or October.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. On March third, they are arraigned, and there another bio mother said her boys were also placed with the Wests, and she has never heard from them since, and wants proof of life from CPS. Mm-hmm. Because what the hell, right. On
1: March. Because they have a total, so they had a total of four children that they had adopted, right? mm
0: -hmm. And then two. They had been foster parents too. So it's Um, possible that her kids had just been fostered by the West and maybe not adopted by them, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On March 7th, uh, there, the defense attorney holds a press conference and accused DA Cynthia Zimmer of spreading false information. And the result of that is then on March 8th, a gag order that Mm -hmm. has really put this case uh, under wraps. We've hardly heard a thing about it since.
1: Right. Just waiting for it to hopefully someday go to trial, but Mm -hmm. still no bodies even. They have not even found the kids.
0: Yep. Except for that, there was uh, in July of 2022... There were more counts against them, more charges Mm -hmm. against them from another convening of the grand jury. Wow. So their total counts right now are two counts of second degree murder, two counts of child cruelty, falsely reporting an emergency, involuntary manslaughter and conspiracy. Just kind of a weird combo, but not all of it, but the involuntary manslaughter, I think, is kind of strange considering, you know. But those are the charges.
1: I wonder As, if, so sometimes, and we've seen this before, where people will be charged with kind of multiple levels of the same crime mm-hmm. to give the jury the opportunity rather than acquit. Is uh-huh. it possible maybe they're guilty of something that's lesser yeah. than the top level charge? It might be something mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't know for sure, but I know we've seen that before. Yeah.
0: yeah. Another thing that happened in this case last year is that the parents from jail, they've never bonded out. Um, they have tried to gain visitation access to their other children. Right. And the state actually issued a restraining order to prevent that from happening and said, absolutely not. First of all, those kids could be witnesses to a crime. They easily could be witnesses to a crime. As a matter of fact, they are witnesses to a crime. Mm -hmm, They are. Because they, those little boys were gone for three months. Right. And they were the babies. They were the youngest and they were three and four. The other kids are a little older. And shortly they noticed that their brothers were just no longer around. Right. At the very least.
1: Yeah, at the very least that, but there's been other talk too about that the, Mm -hmm. there was abuse of these two little boys where the Mm -hmm. older kids were encouraged to participate in the physical abuse of the kids. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that a lot of that grand jury information is coming from the kids. Yeah. I don't have any doubt of that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. So obviously no, you may not have contact with them for on many levels of why, but, uh, I've always thought that was pretty fascinating that they tried. So they were supposed to go to to trial in October. Their attorney had filed a brief that she was just simply not ready and that she needed more time. And so they bumped it out to January and here we are. So again, they have court on Friday of this week on the 20th and we'll get to know probably nothing at that point. Uh, But then the 30th is when this starts. Mm -hmm. and we should be able to at least have a peek into what's the evidence right why do they think that there were a lot of people speculating that some other family members may have ended up uh, catching a charge as well Uh, i don't believe that ever actually happened but there was a lot of speculation that maybe some other family had helped them to conceal this crime Mm -hmm. because that was the other thought there's the they have a big family around them right how had none of them seen these children in months Yeah. or what had they told them about where these kids were? There's a lot of questions about who knew what and when and you know, what they did with that information, if anything. And it's going to get interesting. I can see that right now. It is. It
1: is. Well, and I'm curious to see what happens with these lawsuits against DCFS because Mm -hmm you know, there are very specific rules and every state's rules are slightly different for the termination of parental rights, but it doesn't just happen. Like, for example, in Idaho, um, parents have to be given a certain amount of time for reunification. In Idaho, if a child is in the state's custody in foster care for 15 months, and it doesn't even have to be 15 consecutive months it can be total 15 months Mm -hmm. and parents have not met their their treatment plan goals and not you know come come to their the ability to care for their children adequately that's when the state can start can seek um severing parental rights but it it Mm -hmm. takes time it's not it's that's also not a fast Mm -hmm. process
0: that is typically the thing the courts want to do the very least.
1: It is. It is. I mean, their parents are generally given a significant number of chances.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: question in these with these cases, too, though, is that these children all have two parents. Mm-hmm. And we're only hearing from the mothers.
0: Where, where are the fathers? We've been because, hearing from BioDad. Have We've we? We've been hearing from BioDad because he also wasn't given any opportunity to take custody of the children when they were removed from her
1: see that unless unless he is um, totally inappropriate and and mm-hmm. it, by inappropriate i mean you know has been convicted of serious violent crimes mm-hmm. or whatever you know something like or was like
0: incarcerated them. or yeah was yes, totally was incarcerated
1: to take them. um but normally what happens is that all all family members around kids that are in foster care if it's looking like it's gonna go that direction, then they start vetting family. Mm-hmm. Who can we place these kids with instead of parents? I, you know, I'm adopt yeah. I'm an adoptive parent, I've been a foster parent, I know how this system works in Idaho. Now, California's laws will be different because it's a different state, but it's not gonna mm-hmm. be that much different. No. I mean, and and parental rights that's not going to be different. Like both parents either have to sign voluntarily or be sued by the state. And then basically there's a trial and the judge will determine, you know, whether parental rights should be severed or not. But parents have to be given an opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to work, you know, to work their goals and to create a safe environment for their kids. They -hmm. have to, they have to do that. And of course, with little guys, three and four Mm -hmm. year olds, you know it's it's stiffer the rules are harder because yeah. they have to be to protect mm-hmm. them older kids it's not as difficult but mm-hmm. you know my my son's family went through this and i just i'm very well one thing that we had i think that we had figured out when they they, they had only been i don't think they'd been in foster care enough time
0: no they were too right they weren't to have been
1: eligible for severance,
0: maybe depending on California's law. Correct. I think at one point, yeah, we had done the math and decided they hadn't even been in foster care anywhere close to a year. Yeah, it all happened really fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem very underhanded to me, and I, you know, I can't say for sure, but there are a lot of questions. Wasn't there something also about that? A family member works for DCFS and and actually was involved in the placement of these kids with? That
0: was the conversation that was had. Uh, It was never verified, but that was a conversation that floated around the internet, was that one of the grandmothers worked for DCFS and had helped uh, with this placement Mm -hmm. and the placement of their other children, because that also seems like it might have been sketchy. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the grandfathers one of the bio grandfathers also filed suit against DCFS. I can't find a single thing about those cases at this point. I'm assuming They'll they're all still pending.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, in there, that's um, that's going to be 100% sealed. Right, because it's juvenile. Yep. Yeah. But it yep. does really make me wonder, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what did go on? And did they break their own rules? And how did they right. get around the law? What happened there, you know? Mm-hmm. But that is really scary because also how are the Wests vetted? It's not like you just magically become foster parents and then right. magically become adoptive parents through the state. There's all kinds of requirements. But unfortunately, as soon as children are adopted, the state completely drops the case. Yeah. Those kids are now legally the, you know, mm-hmm. um family of these parents and the state mm-hmm. f- pulls out completely. Yeah. But there's lots of, or should be mm-hmm. uh, lots of oversight leading up to adoption. But all of this yeah. happens so fast. Like we went through six months of supervision
0: mm-hmm. before
1: we adopted our son. And my son was 16 when we adopted him. Right. And so I would think for, you know, little children like this, it would be more, -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know that the state system in California and the DCFS system in California is a behemoth because of Mm -hmm. their population is so much bigger. So I can't speak to all of it, but Mm -hmm. it all seems sketchy to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely does. It's it's really concerning. And honestly, because of uh, you know, the outcome of any of these lawsuits potentially just being sealed and us never hearing anything about them, it's not good because the public really needs to know and demand better if this is yeah. what's happening yeah, i also well, kind of would really like to know what happened with here. the other kids yeah with the other lady that also said her kids ended up with the west and she wants to know what the hell's going on yeah yeah, yeah.
1: It, it all it's very concerning mm-hmm. you know because if if these if this was an illegal adoption if it was a not a legal placement
0: mm-hmm.
1: um we need to know yeah, you know, because the adoption of foster care system is not perfect in any state. There are they—they're mm-hmm. they're all problematic in their own ways, mm-hmm. and you know, there have to be big changes. If these yeah. kids were in fact placed with these people illegally, and then they mm-hmm. murdered them, I mean, this yeah. is horrifying.
0: Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. We are gonna keep a very close eye on this case. Uh, You'll hear a lot about it here in the uh, next few weeks to come as uh, the trial starts to unfold. If it does, you know how these things go. Uh, If it doesn't, we'll let you know, but we're anticipating that it will go. So Mm -hmm. that's what we know so far. So Christy, I'm gonna kick the mic back over to you for our last uh, part of the show. And I believe this is a true crime update. Yes.
1: You probably remember Ethan Crumley. Here's a picture of Ethan now. Um, Ethan has grown nearly a foot and uh, quite a lot since we first saw him um, last year. Mm-hmm. And he, um, when he committed a school shooting, mm-hmm. we've we've covered his case a lot, mostly because of his parents. His parents are currently in jail awaiting their own trials. On his um, on this case because they provided the gun for him, they didn't they didn't give him mental health services like he needed, you know those kinds of things. And so they are charged with involuntary manslaughter for the four for the deaths of the four uh, people who died when he mm-hmm. killed. Well, um, he has now pled guilty to his charges. And is awaiting um, sentencing, although that sentencing currently is kind of up in the air about mm-hmm. when that's going to happen. There's a lot to come into play because mm-hmm. he was 15 when those crimes were committed. Yeah. Um, so. He did opt to plead guilty um, rather than uh, use a mental health plea. Which is pretty interesting because that's what his his public defender, his attorney, wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ethan has pretty clearly got some significant mental health issues, mm-hmm. he has said that he felt like that he should plead guilty because he knows that he did all of this with intent. He knows he did it. Mm-hmm. He did it on purpose and intent, intended to cause pain and fear. Mm-hmm. Which I think is rather interesting. Because his charges are rather interesting because one of the things that he has been now convicted of is terrorism. Mm-hmm. That's new. I mean, we're not we're not seeing, especially kids, school shooters haven't really mm-hmm. been being charged with terrorism charges
0: mm-hmm.
1: for um school shootings. But
0: right, I mean right. but domestic terrorism, indeed. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because. <clears throat> And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I would not suspect this was out of any kind of conscience or altruism of any sort. I feel like this was entirely out of hanging his hat on this crime. This is the kid who was asking for his fan mail from jail. Yeah.
1: He was ready to be a celebrity Mm -hmm. over it. But a couple of things that he said in court um, that really is detrimental to his parents' case. First of all, he says that he gave his parents the money to buy the gun. So he, in fact, purchased the gun through them Mm -hmm. at 15 years old with a serious mental illness going on, a mental illness that parents at 100% knew about and were ignoring. The other thing that he confirmed that we've believed all along is that the gun was not locked up. Uh He knew exactly where it was. He knew where to go get it. And it was not locked up. So those are two things that went in, that were part of his testimony Mm -hmm. uh, in pleading guilty that are going to really harm his parents' defense. Yeah. You know, they're going for everything, you know, that,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but the fact that he provided the money and they bought the gun for him. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that's bad. Yeah. That's real bad. And, you know, the fact that the gun was not locked up. Mm -hmm. It was not secured and kept in a safe place that he could just walk into a room and open a drawer and pull it out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like this, it's, it's, it's going to be life in prison, but here's the thing Mm -hmm. in Michigan. um, It's not currently legal to sentence a child to life in prison. He's been charged as an adult. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of kind of, that's why his sentencing is kind of up in the air for now is they have to figure out how they can do that. It is absolutely what the state and the prosecutor, the or the prosecutor and the um, judge is what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not been done before mm-hmm. in Michigan, and it is a horrible thought to think at 16 years old this kid's going to go away for life. Yeah, all of it's horrible. Every single bit of this case is horrible. Mm-hmm. But that's why it you know we may not see sentencings happen for a while because they yeah. have to figure out what the law will allow them to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and
0: in the meantime his parents were at trial. Well, their child's in on an indefinite hold right now. Yeah. Well, I think they
1: had to get through with Ethan before they could really
0: mm-hmm.
1: decide what to do with them, but the fact Right. but guilty he has confirmed the gun was not locked up. He has confirmed that he provided the money and his parents purchased the gun for him. Mm-hmm. It's bad.
0: It's bad for them. Yep. And it's he's we definitely- he has been subpoenaed to testify at their, their, trial. their trial. Right. And it, it
1: will definitely not do them any good. It yep. will, hurt, it will hurt their defense for sure. But I am glad at least um, for the sake of the victim's families Mm-hmm. And the other kids at the school and, you know, everybody who has been so traumatized by this experience with him that they will not have to testify. Yes. Yes.
0: So Absolutely. Okay. Somebody well. commented
1: on YouTube if we knew this had happened. And we had and I was planning to use it as a segment mm-hmm. so we could talk about it a little bit more. Um, yeah, It's a strange thought to think that a, a, a kid this young could be sentenced to life. Yeah. But then it's also a strange thought to think that a kid this young would do what he did. So, yeah,
0: for sure. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and definitely keep an eye on Jennifer and James Crumpley's trial. If ever it, whenever it uh, finally comes to task. Right Right. now it's on an indefinite hold because their attorneys are trying to question the constitutionality of charging them at all. Right. Which I, I suspect they'll lose. You know, they're just trying everything because basically the evidence mm-hmm. is all on the table and
1: right. it's not good. No, it isn't. And, you know, this is not something that's been done very much. We've mm-hmm. seen it happen w- with young, very young children who get access mm-hmm. to a gun and shoot themselves or somebody else. But we have not seen this in teenagers and older. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's also going on with uh, Robert Cremo's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same thing. He's been charged because he signed to get, you know, signed on his uh permit, gun permit, mm-hmm. because he was too young to get one on his own. And mm-hmm. they've now, authorities have now charged him as an accessory mm-hmm. in those, in, in his crimes. Yeah. So we're starting to see this. It's For good. similar reasons. For very because similar Robert reasons.
0: Because Robert Cremo is also terribly mentally ill
1: and yes. had
0: and done scary. all kinds of scary things to his family. Yeah, And then his dad helped him access all these weapons.
1: Yeah. Knowing, knowing what a danger this, this kid was. Yeah. Yeah. So for both, you know, both Mm -hmm. families, it's, it's the same thing. It's very being handled very differently though. Robert Cremo's dad uh, bonded out almost immediately on a $50,000 bond. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ethan Kremley's parents are being held on $1 million bonds and they have not been able to bond out. No. So it it is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's all over the place um, mm-hmm.
0: because our system is not built for this. No, this is new and precedent setting. I hope it's, it's precedent setting. It's time to catch up. Yeah, I will say I'm a little surprised that at this point, as of this taping, at least the six-year-old who shot their teacher uh, two weeks ago has that their mother has. The police are now saying that her it was her gun, legally purchased. Yeah, uh, and I'm very surprised that we haven't seen charges against her yet. I still, from what I've read, it's still very possible. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But
1: yeah, there, there's a lot of investigation still going into Mm -hmm. that. Um, They can um, remove him from her custody. They can take her legal rights to him Mm -hmm. because of this. If they have to institutionalize him or whatever they're going to do, I mean, they're holding him in a hospital because they Mm -hmm. don't have anywhere else to hold him. He's six. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I've been watching that one too, because I'm suspecting that there Mm -hmm. will be charges to the parent. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, there you have it. So, this is our Tuesday episode. We're going to be back tomorrow on Wednesday for a big day of true crime business. Yeah. Because we'll have a brand new episode in the morning. Then we will move on to (laughs) uh, Wednesday night case updates at 7. And Mm -hmm. then at 8.15, for any of of you that subscribe, we'll be back for the cold read party. Yes. And then... There's something else going down this week
1: boy there is
0: it's the biggie it is a big trip to court for the day Balvalos.
1: Mm-hmm. and we're going we are going yes
0: <laughs> we, we've said in the past we might go we've kicked some around uh there's way too much happening this time there is absolutely we no excuse to. for us to not attend court so we are going uh, we won't be able to stream anything. Uh, we're not even sure if we can live tweet we'll find out. Uh, if not, we'll see you on the flip side of that one and do a live stream and tell you all about it. So big week for us.
1: Yeah. Very big, 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 busy mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Yeah all right well there you have it you guys so have a great day take good care of yourselves as always please like share subscribe that helps us a lot Mm -hmm. and we'll see you soon this has been yet another production of the true crime squad take care bye everybody